The Radio Stingray Podcast is brought to you by our gold sponsor, McNally Jones Staff Lawyers. Proudly supporting the MUA Sydney branch since 1977. Need assistance with employment, industrial or workers' compensation, or any other legal problem? Phone 9233 4744 or visit mcnally.com.au and get a real fighting lawyer on your side. Tuned in to Radio Stingray. G'day and welcome to Radio Stingray. My name is Shane Reeside and I'm an organiser with the Maritime Union of Australia's Sydney branch. This podcast is produced in Radio Hub's Alexandria studio on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. This episode was recorded live at the picket line in Longford in southeastern Victoria, where a group of workers at the SO Oil and Gas Facility have been on strike now in excess of a whopping 500 days. These are the kinds of struggles that make and break the union movement. The MUA Sydney branch is 100% dedicated to standing behind and alongside every struggling worker, wherever they are, whenever we can. In honour of this, we sent a delegation down to visit the picket and offer a bit of support. Myself and Bob Lee, one of the MUA vets, had a chat to some of the comrades at the picket line. Have a listen to what they had to say. We're here today on site at the picket in Longford, and who have I got with me here? Uh, Robert Lee, Bobby Lee, from uh, the retired members in Sydney, Sydney branch. Uh, Wayne Smith, AWU member, um, currently on the Longford uh, picket line down in Victoria. And, uh, yeah, been in the oil and gas industry for close to 20 years and going through a bit of a struggle at the moment. Yeah, Peter Vickers, member of the AWU and a member of this um, picket protest line down here in Longford. So maybe I'll start with you, Bobby. How did you find yourself down here, mate? Well, we spoke about this at the retired members about, I suppose, about four or five months ago. And I never never knew about the dispute down here. You know, you don't, well, you didn't, we didn't hear as much of it. But um, I found out, and Billy and they were starting to organise a, um, a, a, who wanted to come and when we could make it available. Of course, we went to Longford early in the year and we'd been up there to a picket line as well and, and we wanted to get a gauge how many people were coming, whether we get a bigger bus, smaller bus. And yeah. anyway, so as it's turned out, there's 10 of us or nine of us turned up. And, and But, but I, that's how I basically heard about it. I never knew it was, and you've been here 512 days today. Yeah, so basically a bit of an insight on how it started was uh, we worked for a company called UGL Kafer. Um, the contract was up for renewal. Um, we'd all had interviews with a new company that won the contract, which was UGL by itself without the Kafer side. And basically we got made redundant on the Friday and offered our jobs back on the Monday at a 30 to 40% pay cut. Um, all our conditions stripped of us that we'd fought for for over the past 40 years, 20 years of myself being in the industry. Um, and, yeah, we said, no, we're not going to take it. So basically, yeah, we're still here, we're still fighting, and we're not about to give up. So for the people listening, around about how many people work in this facility here? Oh, total. 
total, that'd be close to a thousand people for sure, wouldn't there, Pete? Across the three sites. Across the three sites, yeah. <coughs> so it's so, a big joint. It's a massive, yeah. It's a pretty big operation. It, it's a huge, yeah. It's yeah. There is a lot of people. And what are they producing out here? What are they making? Oil and gas. Yeah. Yeah. So this um, Longford here is a uh, what is it? It's a um, it's a beer with. Strips the gas down so it's good, so they can send it up the pipeline to, um, well, this mob, so they can export it. They don't like selling it to the um, to the local to the local Australians. They give us give Australia a bugger all and yeah, send the rest overseas. So oil and gas gets pumped up onto platforms out in Bass Strait. Yep. They pipe it on shore. Pipe it on shore to the gas plant facility here. Yep. Like Pete said then uh, it's then passed on down to Melbourne to Long Island Point, Hastings, um, Altona. A little bit of it's refined, but like you said, predominantly, the rest is shipped overseas and we buy it back <laughs> as our country at an inflated price. Inflated price, and we're still having gas crisis along our east coast. And we got, you know, we export more than what Qatar do now, Australia does, and we're selling it off and buying it back at a, a more expensive price. It's I've just ridiculous. About, I've had a conversation with Peter for the last, well, what, half an hour up yeah. in the tent up there. We're talking to him, and he's telling me some of the things that have been going on. It's been, it's just oh. been unbelievable what they're what they've been doing and how they send stuff away and then we've got to buy it back. Yep. And they, they pump gas into the ground to get the oil out of the ground. Yeah. And some of the, one of the rigs has been out there since 1969. Yeah. And a rig will pay for itself within seven days. Oh, easy. So, but predominantly, this is um, all trickling down from the head company of ExxonMobil. So, you know, we're, we're UGL part of a third contractor party and this is how it's all coming about. So, yeah, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous that all our gas is going overseas, we have to buy it back and we've still got shortages here with this major company squatting on gas leases, not not producing them, holding the country, you know, at bay so they can keep their prices through the roof, maintain maximum profit until they pump the joint dry and then we're left with nothing. And, and they it, don't even pay tax here. And then so. have the audacity to go to the Senate inquiry and say we're not going to pay tax till 2020. Yeah, it's absolute bullshit, but yeah. So um, this morning we went down to uh, to the office in Sale where there was a crew changeover. I'm going to play a little bit of audio for everyone. Yeah, the UGL uh, office? Yeah, yeah, UGL. What's going to happen to your kids? The future for them? Is that right? <laughs> you talk to your mates out on the picket about their kids? Hey, how about them? Disgusting, you know mate. Than, Disgusting. You know better than the rest of them, Gary. So, what was happening there this morning? Oh well, that was one of their major crew changes today on the Thursday. So um, they meet, they get them into the office. They some drive themselves by cars, they bus them there, and then they they escort them to the heliport with a police escort and uh, security to send them offshore. But who are these workers? So they're not uh, they're not the original group of workers. Not the original group. No. no. So they're their alternative workforce, which they go on. Tell us what you really think. They're fucking scabs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty plain. They they brought them in from interstate, and they are trying to filter in the local workforce, a local workforce now with no experience in the industry whatsoever. Half of them um, incidents are through the roof. Um, their production's down. Nothing's working in their favour. It's 
So UGL uh, was had a maintenance contract, is that right? Yep. And then there was about, what, 200-odd UGL Kafer yes. had the maintenance yeah. contract originally, and we had an EBA up for years running, and everything was all good. Um, we did not even ask for a pay rise. Yes. We asked for a pay freeze, but they said, no, we're going to take 30 40% off your pay, and we're going to take all your conditions as well. So conditions meaning from a week-in-week week roster, a family roster, so week on, week off, that had gone, now they wanted a two-and-two-week or an open-ended roster where we could spend up to, what was it, Pete, over 30 days on the platform and then home for two days and back again. But that was never put in writing, in my understanding. It was just a verbal, more or less, they could change it any time. They, they could might. change they, they roster. They could change it at any time. There was things in that agreement where one roster was 19 and 9. And when we approached the management at the time and said, how does that affect us? And he said, you won't have to worry about that. You... Um, that won't, that won't um, be for you. And we said, but it's in the only agreement that we're signing. And he says, oh, but don't worry about it. You'll be on a two and two. And every every avenue, not every avenue, every time we asked them about something in the agreement, they said, oh, don't worry about that. That won't affect you. This will. And we said, but this is the only thing you've got in print. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we said to them, it's not a uh, user-friendly roster. You, uh, you User-friendly agreement. Uh, it's as Wayne said earlier, it stripped us of all our conditions and it was a legal uh, EA that they got signed in Western Australia by five people. That never so, worked in our... So you guys all go out on the grass. Yep. Uh, and what did the company... How did the company respond once you guys were on the grass? What did they do? Well, they they obviously went into... into how would you put it? Like, uh, they went into recruiting as hard as they could. They didn't care. They just put bums on seats... And um, basically, yeah, it was like no work was completed out there for a, how long? A couple of months. A couple of months. You know, I think it was the first month. They didn't even have any maintenance crews out there doing any maintenance on these facilities. Now, it already blew up in 98 because of lack of maintenance, and they just heading down the same road. It was just absolutely ludicrous. So those blokes that we saw this morning getting on the bus in sale, they were the replacement crew that were brought in as scabs to undermine your picket. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And my understanding of coming from an outsider, they've got you under video surveillance every day of the week yeah. and trying to get something on you. But yeah. you've been here for 512 days with no one being arrested for doing anything wrong. So you must be pretty staunch and solid to stick to it for 512 like, Personally, I don't think I could have lasted without hitting someone on the head with something to do. <laughs> or yeah. spitting in their well, face or something. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. So if we were to be undisciplined and to lose this exactly. camp, um, we've lost. Yeah, exactly. So we have to be disciplined. We do keep the camp running. Um, we keep within the guidelines. We do have court orders on us that there are certain things we can and can't do, or sorry, that we can't do. Um, and yes, we managed to keep this camp still running, which they, they don't like. And one of the questions you asked before, when they first, uh, when we didn't go to work for them, we heard all sorts of rumours, oh, 30 days, they'll come back. 60 days, they'll come back. They'll be back 90, before Christmas. 90 days before Christmas, I'll come back. And we said, we're not going to work under an agreement. You've had signed in another state uh, by five individuals, and it, the state was Western Australia. You couldn't get any further away from here. And it's a blanket agreement that covers onshore, offshore, wherever they wanted to. And it's it's a terrible agreement. And we said, we want our own agreement. They said, this is all you're going to get. And that, it's saying that that agreement that they um, offered us, that had a stand-down clause in it where we could be stood down for up to five days offshore on the facility with no pay 
whether that be due to bad weather with us being unable to work or so the company couldn't get equipment or parts out on their boat or whatever, you know. So for us, describe what conditions are like on one of these oil platforms offshore in Bass Strait. What's it like? Basically, when you're having a shower, there's, what, five or six shower cubicles. There's enough dick to make a handrail around an oil rig with it, you know, standing beside you. You can fall to a room. It's, yeah, it's it's not good. you got people snoring their head off. They want you to do two and two, and you'll put in a room with three snorers. You think, you know, you're probably lucky to get an hour of sleep a night, and then they want you to work safely and function correctly and all the rest of it when you're... You know, you're sleep deprived. It's just. It's My understanding was as well that when you one of the things they put to you was they wanted to make it two 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 b two because yeah. helicopters only have to do a certain amount of trips. Oh. So making a one on when it's one on one, they got to go out and back so many times. This puts prolonged the life of the helicopter yeah. as well. Wow. But, um, Mate, they got that much money. For the sake of one more helicopter. Exactly right. It's, you know, yeah. it's just ludicrous, isn't it? Yep. So what's your experience like of being on the picket? How's it? What's it feel like to be oh, here for 500 days? It's, look, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but the friends you meet and, you know, the, the outside support that we get from, like, you guys from the MUA and all the different unions, you know, whether it be the Hatsu nurse unions and every, every union that is just digging in and coming down and supporting us, you know, whether it's financially, you know, or they come down, they just come down for morale boosters for us, you know, it's, yeah, it's... So it's, the blokes who are still working, the people who are still working full-time uh, at SO, um, have you got a close relationship with those workers? Yes, we yes. have. They, we, we've worked with them, like Wayne said, he's been in the industry 20 years, I've been in the industry myself 15. Um, we have uh, got a relationship with those individuals and we know them all personally and they support us because of what ExxonMobil is trying to do to their own workers. Sorry, boys. It was pretty hard as an outsider. Today, I made a faux pas in there because there's some people who are in different areas of work which aren't scabbing. Yeah. And there's others that are scabbing. I didn't mm. differentiate because they never had no work gear on. Yeah, yeah. They just go in on any gear at all. And my understanding was all the workers, once upon a time, had to have their, their work gear on. Yeah. Otherwise, and this was, and there's no differentiate, we can't to lose who. So I yeah. made a phone call calling the boat a scab. I went and apologised to him. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he came back to the fence and said, mate, I'm a member of the AMWU. He said, I'm not a scab. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry, mate. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I come from New South Wales. Yeah, yeah. But um, you don't know who's who at the zoo. No, it? oh, no, it's yeah. very hard. It's it very is, hard. Yeah. So, like, and especially when they're wearing hoodies and yeah, sunnies. Yeah, well, and that's right. You don't know who. Hiding on the bottom of the bus floor and they're wearing McDonald's bags on their heads. Yeah. And, you know, they soon, they soon, <laughs> oh. you soon work out that they're doing the wrong thing. They know they're doing the wrong yeah. thing. They, that's what's like, so yeah. they don't know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Exactly. So ExxonMobil, uh, they effectively sit on top of the pile and yep. then they've got a whole series of contractors. Yep. Uh, so there's construction, contractors, maintenance contractors, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Catering. Catering. And so you were telling me earlier that uh, the companies have been going through and systematically trying to cut everyone's wages across all the contractors. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, my understanding is the full-time workers at SO are currently negotiating for an agreement at the moment the offshore, is that right? Yeah, they've been in their negotiations for how long now? Oh, I, I, don't know how many, I don't know how many years it would be now, but um, the employer, ExxonMobil, are looking to abolish their EBA through the fair work um, and then strike. Cancel the agreement. Cancel, Cancel the, the agreement. agreement and go back to an award rate. So what we've been seeing happen around the country, same yeah. thing. Yeah. What would you, why do you reckon, or what ultimately do you think the company's trying to achieve here, ExxonMobil? 
I don't think it's about that. I think it's about just the trade union movement as a whole. Trade union movement. They're trying they want to, to demolish. Exactly right. They don't like the worker having a say. No. And if you know, if someone stands up, you know, they they just they don't want people standing up to you know. We're we're only asking for what we what we had. Just keep what we had and carry on. You didn't and ask for anything extra. That's, no, it's, so know. it's not as if you're pricing yourself out of the and, market. you know, it's not like they're running at a loss or anything like that. You know, they're making billions of dollars profit and fair enough they're running at a loss to try and keep it open and all the rest of it, you know, you'd, you'd be a bit more understanding. But when they're rubbing salt in the wounds like they are, it's just, there's no way we're going to give into that. So, yeah, it's lame. Like something that um, was touched on earlier, like in this, dis- this dispute, before it started, we had failed negotiations for two years. The company kept saying that they were bargaining with us in good faith. Now, we know that was a lie because in 2017, when they decided to put us off, they presented us with an agreement that had been signed in 2016 by a commissioner in Sydney for that agreement that was signed in Western Australia. Well, they were bargaining in good faith. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and they said, oh, they, they virtually come back with everything, just trust us. Oh, what's in that agreement you won't have to comply with? Just trust us. Well, they they wouldn't they never were upfront about anything from day one. They just wanted to get rid of our agreement, get rid of the union, get rid of the structure that we had, and at a lesser rate. What kind of uh, relationship have you had with the Gippsland local community? Have they been supportive overall in your experience? Well, yeah, some. Yeah, like you know, we've got friends that are business owners and that, and we see them suffering like big time because when they bring in an alternative workforce they it's those wages going out of our local community so you know local businesses they suffer everybody suffers it's you know it's you're looking at 200 jobs with just maintenance there was another 110 workers with catering when they all lost their jobs same deal or went interstate you know so you, you take those two workforces out of the local community that spend locally, it's it's a lot of money not being spent here. So, yeah, it's... And it actually fractured relationships as well. I was talking to one of the females out there. Yeah. And she said it's fractured relationships because I had some friends. Yeah. And she said, now you just don't speak. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh. this is what happens in those sort of pr- well, situations. Well, this is what happens. So what, what they depended on is the uh, people being desperate and then when they get to a certain point, they need to go to work and they'll work for anything. And that is what they've been expecting us to do. And we've been able to be strong enough with the support of other unions, individuals, um, anyone who can support this picket line, no matter in how, to give us the strength to keep going on, and we will. You know, they all, they all quite often say, one day longer. And if that's what it takes... One day stronger. That's it. We no. will. We will be here. Why was it important for the vest to come down, Bobby? Oh, well, I... I Personally, I've been through. I went through the Patrick's dispute myself, and I, when they when they took us back through the gate, I was locked out for an extra two. I was an undesirable. Still so undesirable, man. I still think I am the funny <laughs> thing, but um, that's another story. But and I thought, you know, these, we needed support. But we had community. We, we were in the city, in the heart of the city. Yous are on the edge of nowhere, more, more or less, aren't you? You yeah. know, I mean, not as if you're near the, the border or anything. Like, that's exactly right. But and we had this community. It was a community support. It was actually a community assembly it wasn't a picket line it was a community yeah. assembly and when the police come to try and move us the community would move in and and they couldn't so i found within myself that i've been to oakley creek 
Mm. I've been to Gordon Stone. I've been to over the Kiwi. Went to, over there to a picket line over there. I'm, not that I'm a professional picket line person, but I think rank and filers need to support other rank and file workers. Yes, yeah, 100%. And if you don't, the world's going to be a poorer place for it. Yep. Well, it's, there was a thing that we got said in the, at the start of this. Well, if you don't want to work for this, just go away. And the sad thing of that is, is how many times do you, if the, the job's not adequate, uh, whether it be pay or conditions, that you go away, well, what will be left in the long run? Like, they, these companies at the moment keep wanting to break down the workers' pay and conditions, and if you walk away every time and you're not prepared to stand up and fight, we'll have nothing left. Exactly. We'll, be, we'll be working for the $5 an hour. And it's not this alternative workforce's conditions to sell off. They no, exactly. for, for people before me. Before, exactly right. I do not want to leave a, a workplace with worse conditions than what I had. They should be improved. There should be better conditions, better pain. It's, inflation's always going up, so why, why should we be going backwards? But yeah. history will tell you, and it's been through history, it, it's, it, that when the company are finished with these scabs... They yeah. wipe them like a dirty ass. Oh, yeah. And I can't understand why they can't see through it. They can't see through it. It's just unbelievable. They don't realise the impact on no. the rest of their working career. And they say, I've got to go to work. But don't worry about the poor bugger that's out on the picket line. He has to go to work too. Yeah. That you've taken his job. Oh, and you've got a police escort that, personally, I'm paying taxes to pay for the police. Yeah. It's the old saying, you know, the... The scab worker is, oh, I've got bills to pay. Oh, has it everyone? <laughs> everyone has bills to pay. Yeah. Well, bills on top of bills. Yeah. yeah but anyway, you know, it's just a, it's, it's, it's never going to end, I don't think. You know, I, nah. I spoke to Chris Bornstein, who was a, a barrister at the time at the Patrick's dispute, and I said, when's it going to, we went to his book launch. He wrote a book about on the waterfront. I said, when's it ever going to end? He said, when someone goes to jail, one of these managers or owners has got to go to jail before they'll stop. Yeah. In 20 years, the progression has just kept going on and on and on. Oh. And, it, and I don't I'd, even when you win this blue, there'll be another one. Yep. They'll try it again. Got, oh. The cap, global capital just keeps sure. more. The more you give, the more they want. What does a win look like for you boys? Oh, well, the win. Um, well, first of all, we've got to start with the, um, the conditions that they took away from us because they were unlawfully taken away from this site because they were negotiated in, I'll go back to it again, Western Australia. They didn't even allow us to negotiate for this site. And so to st let's start, we'll start with the conditions. We'll but get that Pete, back would first. You, would you go back under the same conditions you had when you didn't ask for anything extra? Would you go back under the same conditions, whatever they may have been? Would you go back happy then? Now? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to. Um, there may be too much water under the bridge for that. Yeah. Um, but we'll get the conditions back first yeah. because if they're going to keep that this alternative workforce out there... Well, it'd be hard. You couldn't possibly I, I, work. I couldn't no, go back then. No, I understand. So we'll, one step at a time, we'll get the condi conditions yeah. back first. So conditions back uh, to the point they were at and then everyone back in the gate. That's what it And the like. scab's out. Yes. Yeah. That's what to go. You couldn't yeah. possibly work with them. No. no. What do you think it's going to take to get there? Maybe another explosion, like 98. God forbid, even God though they are scabs, you hate to see them get killed. Yeah, but... I mean, mean ExxonMobil have already killed guys in the last explosion. They didn't learn from that. They yeah. can't maintenance now. So, obviously, the company doesn't care. They've they've already... They haven't learned their lesson there. So, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see them pay their fair share of tax. Oh, tell me about the tax. What's that all about? Well, <laughs> basically, they don't pay any. <laughs> 
They uh, don't pay any company tax. This is Exxon Mobil. Exxon Mobil Australia. Yeah. So basically, it's yeah. You know, they they put out their profits every year and all the rest of it, and pay no tax. So we had a little um, little little road trip up to Canberra, back to the start of this dispute. Spoke with the Labor. Labor Party and in the caucus and all the rest of it, and we managed to get a Senate inquiry reopened on ExxonMobil's tax avoidance. Now, Jason Ward's been chasing that and going through that, so that's still ongoing. Jason Ward, the campaigner. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's it's we're putting pressure on them, and we we'd love to see them pay tax. That's tax going back into our hospitals, our schools, our TAFEs. You know, every part of the community infrastructure where we desperately need money, ambulances, whatever it may be, you know. It's tax that Australia is owed. Oh. And it's as simple as that. They are avoiding it through whichever way they they lend themselves money at at inflated rates. Yeah. And they they write it off. Um, And, but that they, all they're doing is ripping off Australia. All the profits go back to America. They don't keep bugger all here. And the, the least, if we get anything off them, we can get the tax off them because they should be paying their tax. Don't they borrow money off their parent company? Yes. And then say when they get the loan, they've got to pay it back to their parent company, who is the same company. They're paying it back to themselves indirectly. Yes. At but a how, high, high uh, interest rate. Yeah. How, how, yeah, how can't the government see through it? Uh, eh? I think they call it transfer pricing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just unbelievable. It's, but if, if you don't pay your tax and you don't pay and I don't oh, pay my tax, I'm in jail. I'm in the Yeah. You know, it's just uh, unbelievable. You know, I mean, everyone suffers from them not paying their tax and them, you know, doing this wage theft. Like, you know, it's just absolute bullshit. Everyone suffers. And so, are you guys going to stay on the picket? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're committed to be here. <laughs> yeah. It's an incredible thing. 500 days is a long time. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's gone pretty quick, but don't get me wrong, the winters are very cold down here in the bottom of Victoria. Mm. Minus seven sometimes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we had some minus sevens and sixes and fives and yeah. But be... still we're up at five o'clock in the morning, giving it to this alternative workforce driving through. You know, we're and it's seven days a week, twenty four hours a day this, this campaign is running. So, you know, it's it does, it has its toll on, you know, families, all the rest of it, kids, you know. There's this, there's a sign out the front that's got the dollar signs and underneath it it's got how many dollars does it take to protect those people from two men. Yes. So I'll explain a bit about that. As a recent, you know, like, um, we've been very light on numbers on the weekends, you know, for people to come. Like, I myself got two kids, and I know the guys that don't have kids, they try to get here on the weekend, so the guys with kids can spend the weekend with their kids and that. Sometimes we might only have two people there. Now, they have two camera cars or with Four, four security people in there, you know, at whatever rate they're on, and that's what the sign means, you know, how many dollars how does many, it take yeah. to look after two people that are sitting here that, you know, not that, one of us have been arrested. That's what I say, they've been here 511 days, never <laughs> been arrested, they've got two people watching you just in case you do something wrong. Yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. That's exactly that's what it is. intimidation tactics. Yeah. Which, yeah. obviously, it doesn't work. Like, so like, we couldn't give a shit about it. With that, but, so yeah. you, you would have noticed that there was one particular person in a car, and for all of you people who were the first time here, he was taking photos of every single individual with the, the um, long shot lens. Yeah. And um, so that'll so be profile. That'll be yes. profile. By the time tonight is, I'll be 
profiling everyone with names attached. Well, I said to the bloke back at the office, I said, I'm put, could I up a film star out of this? I mean, he took that many photos. I said, do you yeah. want any film in that thing or you just leave? <laughs> you know, I don't know if he had any film in it or not. Because <laughs> it wouldn't have run out. It must have just kept going over no, and over no, and over. No, they got a deal through. But it. they try and intimidate. That's just shit. No one takes much notice of that now, <laughs> no, nowadays. No, we, we don't anymore. <coughs> um, it's just, they're just there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When, so, it, when it starts raining, it'd be nice. I'd have to have the windscreen wiper. Yeah. You know, and, and oh, the 40 degree days are good. Oh, you know, lovely. The car yeah, sits the car, sit in the car all day. Yeah. 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 You should sit there with a big bucket of ice and a coal in Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or we just jump in here in our air conditioned air room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bobby, what do you reckon uh, our members in Sydney need to know about this? Oh, they, they we need to get it out because I, I'd say. 75 to 80 percent of the members of the rank and file in in new south wales don't understand the enormity of this blue mm. this blue if this which it won't be was defeated and lost it's just going to go effect. on roll on to every it'll roll on through the the next big big corporation and the next one and the next one and the next exactly one. right but and they need to be told that you know i mean We've got to get around to meetings and, and work sites and let them know. I know you use a boon to uh, Patrick's, I think, in Sydney. I don't know about yeah. in Sydney, but you might have Melbourne. been up there yeah. and spoke to the workforce and told yeah. them what's going on. And yeah, but so so everyone should. Mm. Well, you've got to you've got to be aware of it, you know, because hey, it could happen again in Australia. I mean, it's happening everywhere. We're pretty it? lucky in the Patrick's dispute because the ships that come to us to Sydney also go to New Zealand. They go to Africa. They go everywhere. They go to America. And with the Columbus ship that they we, they loaded with scabs, when it got to America, they went, not here, mate. Yeah. You're not getting unloaded here. Take it back. Get the, the, the rank and file trade unions to unload it and backload it when you can come back. Yeah. Otherwise, it just would have went around the world and around the world and around yeah. the world. Yep. So we were lucky we had the ITF basically on side, you know, and it was a major help to us winning the dispute too, I suppose. Bobby, are you able to uh, send a message to these guys on behalf of the MUA, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, I'd like to say on behalf of the MUA, we'll stick with, well, as a retired member, well, we can only do so much, but the rank and filers, oh, they'd be behind us 110%. Yeah. And anything you need or anything you want, I mean, we'll come back again. But I'd like to see some of the younger, the youth, there's plenty of, some of them young youth there as keen as mustard, they'll come down here again as well. Yep. And um, we'll support you to the hill, whatever no. you basically need, you know. Well, and we appreciate that too. Like, you know, we said earlier on now talk up the road, you know, like Michelle Myers has been inspirational yeah. to us, hasn't she, down here? Yeah. It's, yeah. So we appreciate yeah. everything. I should have mentioned the, the women's as well. Yeah. You know, like old time, there was no women on the water when <laughs> I was basically there, but yeah. Michelle was, yeah. she was on the same committee as me at Patrick's yeah. and she's 100% behind us as well. I yeah. can understand yeah. that, you know. No, it's great. We yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, we just... We we really appreciate people coming down and um, and seeing what happens on a, especially on the Thursday crew change. Uh, but yeah, it's more so we we still need to get the word out there. Like you said, there's so many a percentage of your members who don't know about it. Yeah. Because what happened to us was pure and utter wage and condition theft. Yeah. That's all that it was. Mm-hmm. And we believe that this company here, the the parent company Exxon Mobil, believe that they'll just outweigh us. And if that's what they that's what they want to do. Well, they're in a, for a shock. They're in for a shock. We've been here 512 days now. We're only just warming up. And we'll just keep on going. As long as we have got support from from around Australia and we're getting uh, global support now. One of our members, Troy, has been travelling around the world. And ExxonMobil don't like the bad, bad publicity. 
And all they've got to do is reinstate these conditions. It's as simple as that. And you know, the community, you can tell the community are behind you because they're fed up with what big companies are doing, big corporations, yeah. capital, what they're doing to the working class. All you want to do is go to work, get your money and go home to your families, yeah. have, you know. And go home and safe. Exactly, yeah. go home safe, actually. <laughs> but, I mean, the general population are sick and tired of big companies doing this to people, yes. working class people. And that's why we got behind, they, the community, you know, got behind us in the Patrick's blue. Mm. And so anyway, that's about all I can say about it, but it's been an experience for me to tell you the truth. Mm. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> At Unity Bank, we are 100% committed to maritime workers. We pride ourselves on delivering better all-round value to our members and their families. Unity Bank. Proud supporter of the Maritime Union of Australia and sponsor of this podcast. That was MUA vet Bob Lee and myself talking with three courageous comrades on the picket in Longford. As you've just heard, a group of workers at the SO Oil and Gas Facility have been on strike in excess of 500 days. You've been listening to Radio Stingray, the podcast of the MUA Sydney branch. If you've been interested or inspired by what you've heard, subscribe and tell your mates. You're tuned in to Radio Stingray.